Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Amen, 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 amen. Genesis, Genesis, the 22nd chapter. We'll read to verse 5. Genesis, Genesis, the 22nd chapter. Verses 1 through 5. We're going to verse 17, but we're going to only read five verses. Y'all know what it is. Stand, y'all. Y'all acting like this your first Sunday. <laughs> y'all all right? Amen, amen, amen. One, two, three, read. Amen. In this um, next segment of our series, Barrier Breakers, I want to talk today about sacrifice. Sacrifice. Lord God, you give us the tools to break barriers. Um, I deeply hear the word sacrifice and see it in this text. And so God, teach us today what that looks like for each of us. Let the words of our mouth, my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. Sacrifice, barrier breakers. This series is about the tools. Somebody say tools. The tools that God uses to break barriers in our life. And the tool we're going to talk about today is sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. Sacrifice is interesting. Um, um, uh, one, of, one of my favorite players of all time is Kobe Bryant. Um, and, and one of the things I love uh, hearing about are the Kobe Bryant stories. I mean, <clears throat> the Kobe Bryant stories, his crazy, crazy stories. And one story in particular is D-Wade tells the story as they were on the USA team they're coming down at 6 o'clock. They're thinking they got up early. They go down to breakfast before they work out. And they look over in the corner and they see a washed down in sweat Kobe Bryant with ice on his knees having had been working out since 4 in the morning. Um, and it changed the entire culture of the team seeing the sacrifice that he was willing to make in order to walk in greatness. One of my other favorite stories that I like about him is one guy, I can't even remember the guy's name, he talked about a Kobe wanting to work out with Kobe, and Kobe said, you sure? He was like, yeah. So Kobe said, we're going to black out. 
He said, blackout? What in the world is a blackout, you know? And so he puts him in the gym and puts him through a regimen, and then they shoot a thousand shots. And then they go to lunch. And then Kobe said, you ready to go back and work out? We're going to black out again. He said, black out again? He said, I'm still recovering from the last blackout. But he took him and they went, did it again and shot a thousand shots. And people wonder, how in the world did he get five rings? How in the world in his last game did he shoot for 60? Uh, uh, the stuff like that didn't come by happenstance. It came by getting up when everybody else was asleep. It came, by, it came by coming to practice before practice to practice and staying after practice to practice because he knew the practice. He said everybody went to practice, but if you want to be better, you got to practice before the practice and after the practice to beat the people that only practice. Sacrifice in a worldly sense is absolutely true because it's a universal truth. But how much more true is it for us that see sacrificing in the spirit as even more potent than sacrificing in the natural? I don't know, I, I, I don't know how, how, how many of you came into the faith, but if you came into the faith in the 70s, the 80s, or the 90s, there were two or three verses that you learned as soon as you became a Christian. There's about two or three of them. The first one was John 3, 16. You were, you, 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 you were fitting to learn that a lot. But the verse of verses that you learned, and you didn't learn it in the NASB, the NIV, the CSB, the NEV, the CEV, the NL. No, you learned it in, I beseech thee, therefore, brethren. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't get discipled if you ain't got a few King James English words in your, in your. By the mercies of God, to present your body what? A living sacrifice. Stop right there. I got, oh, I got some Christians in here today. Woo! That's the first thing you learn was being a Christian is about sacrifice. Sacrifice isn't a choice for the Christian. It's a part of our DNA. In other words, all of us can look different in color, come, look different in economics, we can look different in geography, but spiritually, we're fundamentally the same. And if you call on the name of Jesus, sacrifices in your DNA. That means you, 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 don't have to, you don't have to figure out how to get the ability to sacrifice. That's what the Bible says. Uh, I, the, the Lord has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Meaning he's downloaded a new server and a hard drive and operating system on you when you trusted Jesus Christ by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. And when that happens, he downloads a new operating system onto your life. And now that that's real, somebody's saying, well, 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 I'm just trying to understand. I, I thought salvation was about faith. Yes, faith that works. What do we mean by that? Well, 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 well Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it this way. He says, salvation is free, but sanctification costs you everything. Somebody said, well, that still sounds like work-based salvation. No, we're not working for our salvation. We're working from our salvation. That's why Philippians, the second chapter says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, which means that everything that salvation is has been placed in you by faith in Christ. 
And so now we have to work through the barriers that close us off because even the work that we do is empowered by the gospel. Because Paul says in Colossians chapter 129, he says, striving with all of the energy that he provides. So God not only gives you the salvation, he not only gives you the faith, he not only gives you, uh, uh, sets you aside, he gives you the energy to utilize to maximize your Christian life. And so as we look at the idea of sacrificing and working through what that means, we come through one of the first passages. The first time sacrifice is done in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3 when God was the first one to do it. In, the first one, in his first sacrificing work, it was to cover us until Christ come. In other words, Adam and Eve was wilding out and God killed something and put the skins over them to cover them. In other words, he put their sins on layaway. Now, I know some of y'all too sadiddy to know what layaway is. But layaway means a partial payment until the full payment is done. Oh, y'all ain't going to hear me. That's why the Bible says the blood of bulls and goats never took away sin. But until Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ went into our spiritual Walmart and Target and he went up to the layaway counter and he laid down his life on the layaway counter and he was able to get a stamp on there that said to tell us that paid in full. And so we come to a passage that is what we call uh, uh, um, compare and contrast or exemplification in our Christology. What it means is there are, Jesus said, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you find eternal life, but they all speak of me. Creeping through the crevices of this text, you can find the cracks and crevices of Christ being seen. And so when you come here to the passage, I got a lot of points today, so forgive me, I don't have the one like I usually have. First point, sacrifice is always something you value and cherish. Always. If, it, if you don't value it, you don't cherish it, it ain't a sacrifice. Look at the text. He says, after these things, he tested Abraham. Wow. So what is a test? A test. It's good. To put to a test is means to ascertain the nature of something, including the imperfections, faults, or qualities of it. When God tests you, family, God is testing you to see where you are and show you where you are. To see, so you can see where you are and to show where you are. A test is to cause, cause or allow. Hear me. Cause or allow. We, we're going we're to we're come back to this definition as we go through the text. It's to cause or allow, listen, hardship or trouble in a circumstance. Often with choices within the situation implying a different possible Outcome. So when God is ministering in your life, listen, your life is going to be filled with sacrifices, whether you know it or not. But most of all, those sacrifices will be preceded by a test. Now, I, I, and those tests are to see in your life where the broken pieces are to fill them with strength. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can make it. Uh, I'm, I'm a star. How many? Who are my Star Wars people in here? Yeah. One of my favorite, one of my favorite, just bear with my nerdiness, um, um, one of my favorite Jedi is Mace Windu. I have a replica of his lightsaber, right? I, I, I really do, a, a real one. Um, and and I, I, I'm a fan. Um, Mace Windu has this special power in the force. It's called shadow points. 
shatter points. What it gives him the ability to do is to look at anything and see the weaknesses in it so that in battle he can attack that spot and the strong places become weak. But see, when God, God, God is not using a shatter point just to look at where you're broken to get you to be torn down. The devil will do that. God does things to strengthen you in the area of your brokenness. But be very careful because, oh God, help me today. There are two things. God not only tests you in your weaknesses, he also tests you in your strengths. Okay. Y'all looking at me funny. Listen. People in the Bible, most people in the Bible didn't fall where they were weak. They fell in their strengths. You tend to cover your weaknesses, but you tend to be arrogant in your strengths. Okay, let, let me see if I can make it plain. Um, 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 the Bible says that Abraham was a man of faith. But the area he fell in was faith. Oh, yes, he did. God told him he's going to have a kid. Him and Sarah got together and figured something else out. There was a plan B. Help us today. Oh, y'all think I'm making stuff up. Moses was called the most humble man on all the planet. But the very area he fell in was humility. Because when Israel was getting on his nerves, instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock and lost an inheritance. Okay, y'all still looking at me. David is called a man after God's own heart. A man of integrity. In other words, integrity is who you are when nobody's looking. But what in the world happened when nobody was looking? He killed somebody. He framed somebody. He lied and he committed adultery. And so that was his test. And guess what? We can giggle at their test. But I'm letting you know that your life is, you may not see it on your Google calendar, but God has multifaceted scheduled tests for you until your death date. And so it's funny to find out whether someone will pass a test. Um, you know, my, my oldest, I'm about to be 21. And so we, we, our conversations change, what we send each other changes. They, they just grow up and what they're changing. So, so he, we, we, we start talking, we talk about this channel on YouTube, he sends me stuff all the time. I send him stuff. He sent me this channel where people are, I, I don't understand it, but the boyfriends and girlfriends put themselves, their, their, their significant other in situations to test to see if they will commit, you know, be with somebody. None of them pass the test. None of them pass the test. Now, this is for free. If you got to put your significant other through a test... That was just a freebie that pastor wanted to give out to the people of God today. But what do tests reveal? Y'all still tracking with me? Test reveals four things. What our idols are. Where our heart is. Where we place God. And what our priorities are. Idols. Heart. Place God priorities are. It's up on the screen if you want to take a picture. So in light of this, in light of this, th 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 there are three types of people in the world. 
there, there are three types of people. So, so, so in, in other words, tests reveal that, but tests, but, but tests are based on your ability to pass a test is based on where your soul is. Stay with me. Let me teach this. It's where your soul is. The first is three types of people. There's the natural person. Let's start with that person. Now, with the natural person, this is what their life is like. Our life is made up of every human is created in the image of God with mind, emotions, and will. This is what the gospel restores. Based on Ezekiel 36, we talked about that over the years. It's kind of part of our thing. However, the unregenerate person can't make sacrifices in the spirit because they have a deceitful heart. And so the direction of influence is always external to internal, not internal to external. And so what you'll begin to see is, it, it, it sometimes it shows itself up in physical things, emotional things, because what's mine? Mine is your values. What you value? Emotions is your feelings, your passions. What is will? Will is uh, uh, um, what you, what you uh, your uh, commitment to doing something. Ephesians 2 says all of our will was in bondage. So you couldn't help but do Satan's will prior to salvation, right? So, 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 so now we know right here, your, 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 your understanding, that's why the, the, the spirit of God, listen, you can't, if you're in the flesh, you can't understand the things of God. Okay, okay now, 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 now. But the sad part about it, this is the next one. Let me let y'all take y'all pictures. Go ahead, I'm gonna get out of the way. I see y'all. <laughs> I see y'all. Next one is the, is the carnal Christian. Now, there is, a, there, there is the possibility, we believe this, that you can be saved and be out of your mind. That's what carnal Christian means. And these are the people who, who God still deals with, but they're not influenced by them because their mind hasn't been transformed yet in the process, their emotions haven't been transformed, and their will hasn't been a function, they, they can't walk functionally in a, in, 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 a, in a godly will, why? Because they don't have the information that transforms their affections. And when you like the things that come from here versus here, you're never gonna be in God's will. And so in being asked about a sacrifice, it's always going to be confusing. That's why we, you ever talk to somebody that's a believer and you're thinking they're supposed to agree with you on a biblical thing and they're more adamantly holding to the fleshly world than they are the God world. And so you can't make sacrifices when you're like that, right? Right, you, you can't. But, but next, this is where we all want to be. The, the, the spiritual Christian. The spiritual Christian. Y'all still striking with me, right? So where we want to be is we want to have a mind that's being transformed, right? Transform. We want to have a transformed mind. We don't want to be double-minded, unstable in all our ways, but single-minded towards the purposes of God, but also girded for action in our minds, right? And so, so when God is, 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 is not just in your life, but your life is centered on him, what begins to happen is you, your influence goes outward, not coming from the outside in, but the inside out. And then the mind, listen, is transformed. Your affections, you're, you're in the process of liking things that God likes. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. Now, I hated hummus. Some of y'all heard, I couldn't stand no hummus. I thought it was from the devil. That's what I thought. 
But my wife was like, you just ain't had the right hummus. You got to have the right hummus, boo. Because you had the right hummus. And then she tricked me. So I was at this spot in Ardmore. And I got the little bread and went yak with them and bit. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And she said, ah, you just ate hummus. I said, and then I'm reacting to it even though I liked it, right? In, 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 other, in other words, and, and, and because I was trying to eat more healthy, I could tell when salt was heavy in some stuff. I could tell when it was too much sugar. I just stopped, I cut out sugar. And so stuff became very sensitive to me. Why? Because I cut some stuff out. When you begin to really walk with God, the stuff that you used to love and hold your affections to aren't the same. But the only way to feel that in, a t- in your life is there have to be sacrifices to the point to where your taste buds have now changed. And guess what? You, the, the only way to sacrifice, you got to have the anatomy of a sacrificer. You have to have the fruit of the spirit. Because when God tells you to do something, it don't make no kind of sense. So you got to have patience because sometimes God make you wait. got to be faithful because there's going to be adversity that you are going to have to be consistent in but then you got to have self-control so that you won't wild out because you're waiting on God and so and so and so for for Abraham somehow God uh, graced him prior to Christ to be like this and he says in verse 2 he says take your son look at the way God does your only son why he had to do that he put like double emphasis on it. Now he said, let's, let's make sure. Now what's funny is that wasn't his only son. That wasn't his only son. Because if he just if he just, if he just said, get Ishmael, he'd be like, oh, I got Ishmael. Come on, Ishmael. Let's roll. You know, he done went like that. But Isaac was different. Because Isaac came from the, the love of his life. It came where God rebuilt her body to be able to have him. I mean, I mean, and help them to be able to do what need to be done for him to be had. Right? And he had promises surrounding him. And so, and so he, and so when all of that happened, his heart got attached to him. God never calls you to sacrifice anything you ain't attached to. And under the sound of my voice, I'm telling you right now, in the name of Jesus, there's some stuff in your life that you're attached to that God finna test. He finna test. Yeah, I said finna in the pulpit. He says, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will tell you about. So he ain't even tell him yet. God, Abraham was used to God telling him to go places and start moving and not know where he's going. <laughs> the, the, the walking with God sometimes is him telling you to be obedient without all the answers. You know you're walking with Christ when you just start making moves when God says move but don't know where you're going. So he says, take your only son. See, sacrificing is a part of the people of God's DNA. How do I know? Because Ezekiel and his wife, Ezekiel, God said, I'm going to let your wife die. That's called a commanded sacrifice. In other words, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. Some sacrifices are going to happen whether you like it or not. Then you have Hosea and Gomer. He said, Hosea, 
Hosea, I need you, bro, to marry homegirl from the red light district. And, and, and listen, Ezekiel losing his wife and Hosea marrying her were to be prophetic examples to Israel. Now, I know in their mind, like, God, can't you make your point any other way? But God says, no, because I need this sacrifice to be so loud that Israel hear me. But then there are another type of sacrifice. There's commanded sacrifices, but they are now willful sacrifices. That's the sacrifices that you actually have to do. See, commanded sacrifices, ones that God calls to happen to you without your control, and you have to respond rightly despite God doing it. But willful sacrifices, the ones that God tells you to sacrifice with your own hands. So Paul, Paul sacrificed his life. He says, I counted everything but dung in the surpassing value of knowing Christ as our Lord. Uh, uh, you see uh, uh, Rahab doing that when she gave up her country in order to be attached to Israel. You see Hannah and her son Samuel. She said, God, if you give him to me, I'll give him back to you. She could have just asked for a son, but she made a willful sacrifice to give him back to the Lord. And he became the first among the new school of prophets. Your entire life, family, will be filled with spontaneous altars of sacrifice. So there are three types of sacrifices. There are monetary sacri momentary sacrifices, there are seasonal sacrifices, and there are lifetime sacrifices. You can look at those verses in your own time, but the point is some stuff, some sacrifice is something that God will have you do once. Sometimes God have you do stuff seasonal. Like Paul talks about, uh, Paul talks about, I become all things to all men that I may win some. So I have to become this to the Jew in this season. I have to become this to the Greek in this season. I have to become these without the law in this season. So they are seasonal. In other words, I'll give up certain things that moves God's kingdom forward, even though it gives me enjoyment and pleasure to be myself. You know? But then, lifetime sacrifice. He said, if eating meat causes my brother to sin, I will never eat meat again. So there's sometimes... They got somebody said, God, yeah, God not calling me to that one, the, the, the lifetime one. I do them first two, you know, at least I get a break, but you know, I ain't fooling with the long-term stuff, God. So see, when you start praying that stuff, it's gonna happen to you. So just shut your mouth. <laughs> but it says, offer him as a burnt offering. Now you gotta understand what this means. This means he's gonna stab his son, drain him, and then burn him. Before he burnt him, he had to kill him. Now this ain't, this is, this is, I just, listen, and I'm not going to try to explain the text away. I want you to feel it. Why would God tell him that? I don't know. But he was serious with his test. But it was still a test. And so, he, God will tell you, family, this is the crazy thing about God. God will tell you to do things in your walk with him that you will not understand. And most of the time, it will be surrounding your preferences. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. I remember when, when you know, when God stopped bringing me and Yvette together, and we flat out told each other we weren't fully each other's type. You know, I wasn't fully her type. I don't know what that was, but I'm her type now. <laughs> talk to your boy. Talk to your boy. <laughs> anyway. My son in the car gonna be like, Dad, you always embarrassing me from the pulpit. <laughs> um, 
I love you, son. Love you. But what we began to learn as we were married, that mission, ministry, and destiny was on our marriage. And we did have, it wasn't that we didn't like anything about each other, but, it, but, but sometimes we let our preferences actually be our core desires. We don't say it, but it is. Some of y'all squirming right now. And really, God's biblical principles are your preferences. So they can look like this, this, and this, and yeah, they can be saved, and you know, they can love God and go to church, give and serve, blah, blah, blah. But what I really want, and see, God will challenge you with that, and you will miss out on so much because you're not willing, you, God didn't have, he, the Bible never promises to make your life filled with unending happiness. And I'm telling you, if you listen to those, those preppy guys on TV that God loves you and has a plan for your life and there will be no issues, you are going to be a confused and apostate believer. Because as soon as I step foot, from the kingdom of darkness. I didn't even get my, my other foot in well enough before all kinds of inexplicable hell began to break loose. And so God, God, God will deal with your preferences to get you to his biblical principles. Sometimes it'll be something, an offer that comes your way. That's a, it's a bag. And God brought the bag your way. It's a bag. And you like, you like, oh, that's a bag. I'm gonna get a bag. And then God's like, I put the opportunity in front of you. It's a great opportunity. But I don't want you to take it. Whoa, 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 God. Now, God, that's a bag. And God said, That's a bag, but I'm the bag maker. And listen, this is the trick too. Don't think because you sacrificed something, God owes you what you gave up. Some of it, the lesson was just obedience. I'm sorry that's not popular, but it is my Bible. Amen. Second point. Sacrifice is an act of worship. Yes, yes. Now y'all, like y'all, I really want y'all to feel this. Y'all don't really feel what this text is saying. I'm telling you, you don't feel it. Why? Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac, split the wood for burnt offering, and set out to go to the place God had told him about. No, how, and, and then he says, the boy and I will go over there to worship. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, before we even get to that, you know he committed because he got up early. Listen, most of us would have hit that snooze button. He, but, but listen, getting up early shows his commitment to following God expeditiously in the sacrifice. 
He didn't procrastinate. He moved to do it. He saddled the donkey. He split wood. This shows he prepared for sacrifice. Sometimes you got to get yourself ready for what you about to give up. Can you imagine what was going through his mind as an old man? Listen, it was funny. He had servants. But he split the wood because it wasn't their sacrifice. It was his sacrifice. See, you can't hire out sacrificing. You can't delegate what God has called you to do. When he's called you to do it, you got to pick up the wood and you got to put it back and you got to slam it down with tears in your eyes. <laughs> what wood you got to split this week, family? <laughs> and he saddled up and went out. Then he said something crazy. He said, me and the boy will go worship. Hold on, stop. What I'm about to do, as painful as it is, is worship. This sacrifice is worship. It reminds me of one of the greatest stories in the Bible. This woman worshiped Jesus so well, he included her story wherever the gospel was preached. She went into there with a year's worth of wage of perfume. And she went in there and poured it over Jesus and cried and cleaned his feet off. And that sacrifice was expensive, but what, what always blows my mind about the story is she's not even really concerned about how much the perfume cost. She was so enthralled with Jesus. The only way to make your sacrifice make sense is Jesus. That's the only way to make it make sense. Next point, sacrifice is an act of faith. He says, the boy and I will go worship, then we'll be back to you. What? Huh? Now, I don't know if you just heard, but he was supposed to sacrifice his son. But he says, we will come back. Now, he's not talking about he going, like in our day, when somebody burns, we get the ashes, put them in an urn, and that's not what he's talking about. This is what Abraham literally believed. The Bible says in Hebrews that he believed that God was going to raise his son from the dead. He believed so much in God's promises that he was willing to stab his son, bleed him out, burn him, and then wait on God to reconstitute his body. Him pick him up and walk. Now what blows my mind about the passage is as they're walking up there, Isaac just asked where the sacrifice is. But he never, but listen, you never hear him say anything about resisting being a sacrifice. You don't see it. And even in the midst of him sacrificing his son, he said, the Lord will provide a lamb. But God told him his son. But he has so much faith. He said, God is requiring a sacrifice, but it's going, I don't know how this, he's, he in his mind, he's like, know what I like about Abraham? In the midst of his sacrifice, he's still thinking well of God. Like, like just thinking, like, like assuming God's character 
is not run amok. When God challenges you, is his character on the line or yours? Listen, God is God is God. I, 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 I don't know if I'm here yet. Well, I'm fully thinking well of God when he's told me, because I, you know, I'm a complainer by nature. Some of y'all, uh, y'all, that's why y'all may say amen, because all of y'all agree with me that you are too. I do the will of God in process. Like I argue with him. Now, God, you know this hurt. I'm doing it, but I'm just telling you how I feel about it. Can I just say how I feel? I'll say this honestly and respectfully. God, I don't, and I talk to God like that, but I, I, I want to be, I, I want to get to a point where I just shut my mouth. And I, and I just believe God that he's going to do what he's going to do no matter what I do to make the sacrifice. Next point. Sacrifice communicates to God practical value of him. So now he provides a ram in the thicket. I love this. And then it says, for now I know that you fear God. God says, if I know you fear me now, that doesn't mean that God found out like, oh, I would have never known this unless this happened. The Hebrew word there is yada, which means experiential knowledge, relational knowledge. And so God is anthropomorphically coming into human experience to involve himself intimately with him. What I love about this process is during the entirety of the process, God is getting intimately in contact with him. And he says, now I know you, you fear God. What is fear God? Now I know you take me seriously. Your walk with God is about you growing and taking him seriously. Taking him more seriously. And, 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 and as we begin to take him more seriously, that, that was very important. Now, I remember when I was in college, and I'm not saying this is wrong and everybody got to do this, but I remember when I started walking with the Lord, you know, I loved my fraternity. Some of y'all heard my story. I love my fraternity. And at that time, I'm not, at that time, the Lord was like, lay it down. I was like, now, I'm a neophyte. I'm just, I, you know, I, I want to get my, you know, <laughs> You know, get my step on, you know. Go. I'm ready to do my thing, God. You know, I've been waiting for this for a long time. And God was like, lay it down. He said, I want you to take every piece of your paraphernalia, go to each one of your chapter brothers and share the gospel with them. I'm like, are you serious? And then denounce it. And I had to do it. And I remember I met my wife in front of my dorm, Kennard Hall. She wasn't my wife at the time, uh, but she was finna be. And uh, I put my head in her chest and cried my eyes out. God will, listen, and, and you know, and I, now I have a relationship with the brothers. It's not hating the fraternity of them, but at that time, that was something that God was like, no. And many of you got something in your life that God is going to zoom in on. And it won't make sense at the time. Now that I meet with my brother, the, the brothers now, they say, man, we didn't like it, but we respected what you did. And many of them said it influenced their walk with Christ and them coming to Jesus Christ as Savior. But I would have never, you told me that back then, that wasn't enough, you know, because I was an immature believer. Like, I, you know, when, you, when you're immature, you want what you want. But when you mature, you get the bigger picture. And so lastly, God uses sacrifices to create in us a deep spiritual memories. I like this. This is real simple, y'all. It ain't even deep. Abraham named the place the Lord will provide. 
You, you, know, you, you know God showed up in your life when you give God a nickname. God showed up so well, when you give God a nickname, it means he's showing different dimensions of himself to you. He, he, he experienced God providing, and he called him Jehovah Jireh. Somebody experienced God healing, and they said, oh, he healed? Oh, he's not just Yahweh. He Yahweh Rapha. Uh, he, 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 he's, he's a banner. He'll stand in front of you and rally in battle with you. Oh, he's not just Yahweh. He Yahweh Nisi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a, oh, he oh, oh, brought peace in my life. He's not just Yahweh. He Yahweh Shalom. Anybody ever had God show up in their life in a way that stamps? God wants, listen, God wants seasons of sacrifice to be memorable. And when they're memorable, they mark out your life as you go forward. Because sacrifice finally is always rewarded. He said, because you have done this, thing I have and not withheld your son I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky listen family God does reward sacrifice one of my favorite verses I'm waiting for God to, to come through on this one. He, 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 he talk about everything gained and everything like that. Jesus says, anybody, he said, he said where will we go father? Jesus, Jesus was telling his disciples he said, listen Jesus, we left everything for you. I like that verse that's one of my favorite sacrifice reward verses. He said, no one that has left family and houses and resources will not receive a hundred times as many now and later. I like that verse. That means God does give rewards for sacrificing. And listen, this is, this. hear me today, is God's going to use your sacrifice to break barriers just like he used Christ's sacrifice to break barriers. What barrier did Christ break? Christ's death on the cross, his sacrifice broke the barrier between God and man. Now we're opened up, and that's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians that all of the promises of God are yes and amen in him. Why? Because of his sacrifice. Now we have breakthroughs with sin. Now we're able to experience healing. Now we're able to experience upgrades in our life and, and through challenges just because Christ was sacrificed for us. And so my prayer for us today is that we, all of us, including myself, that we will see sacrifices differently. That we will see sacrifice as not something that God is merely restraining from us or taking away from us, but as something that's actually going to help us to break through some barriers in our life to experience him on a deeper level. I'm done. Amen. Father, we um, want to acknowledge that we find ourselves in many barriers in our life. We know that one of the ways that you deal with barriers in our life is sacrifice. And you gave your son for us. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your confidence in the barrier breaker himself. If you don't know Jesus, he's not asking you to break a barrier. He's offering to break barriers for you. There are barriers between you and God. First off, God's anger towards our sin is not a barrier. It's sin that's the barrier. But when sin is removed, his wrath backs up. Barrier complete. But not only that, he wants to pull down barriers in your soul in every area of your life because salvation is about saving the whole person, not just the soul. But the first thing he works on for everything else to get saved is your soul through being reconnected to him by faith 
in Jesus Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection. Maybe you're here today. You've never placed your confidence in Jesus. The fact that he died on the cross and rose. And you're saying, I want to put my confidence in him. We would love to explain that even more to you. If you want to place your confidence in Jesus, hold your hand up. We would love to talk to you about the Savior. Anybody in the balcony on the floor that wants to say yes to Jesus and wants to say yes to the master and the ruler of lights. Amen. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.